Hi, good morning. It's great to have you here with us at uh, Basingstoke Baptist Church for our online service today. We are doing uh, a little bit of a, a lean towards uh, harvest Thanksgiving this morning and, and just trying to, um, within these li limited and difficult times that we find ourselves in, to acknowledge the fact that uh, we have a God who's generous towards us. And uh, with harvest festivals each year, the one thing that you're, we're doing is actually saying, God, you are good. You are our provider and we want to thank you. And there's also an opportunity for us to give back. And we usually have some form of collection that we can distribute to others in the community. Well, we're not able to have that gathered together uh, time for harvest. But I thought it would be good to look at the scriptures and uh, just pick up again on, on God's generosity towards us and how we are to respond to him. I'm going to be looking at uh, Luke chapter 19 in the story of uh, Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And uh, as an introduction to this, uh, I'm mindful of a, a trip that I went on uh, back in 19, oh, I think it was 1990. Eight, and I was invited to go on a trip to the Holy Lands. And during that time away in Israel, we found ourselves down uh, at a place called the, uh, the Dead Sea or, or the Salt Sea. Here's just a few photographs of uh, my little trip there. We were, mate, myself and a, another gentleman on the trip, the only ones wearing Pacamax. Uh, in the 40 degree heat and we just felt that that's a way of, of sticking out amongst uh, all of the tourists who were down by the Dead Sea. But the one thing that you recognise is that um, once you get into the water there's something about it. It's a little bit oily it's, but the one thing that you really notice is the fact that you can't sink in it and you sit back and, and you just float. Uh, you can't swim in it really because it's, it doesn't feel like water. Um, and the minerals and the, 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 the intensity of, of the salts in it um, cause the water to have the properties that keep you buoyant. And the reason why that is, is because the, the Jordan feeds into the Dead Sea up at the top and the north part coming down from the Sea of Galilee down and through. But there is no exit for that water. There's no place for that water to disappear other than for it to be evaporated and the water comes in and it evaporates and therefore the uh, consistency of that water becomes very, very salty and bitter. And one of the statistics that I've come across as I was thinking about this message today was the fact that the happiest most joyful people are generous people. Those people who hold on to what they've got are usually the ones who are sad, they are the ones who are bitter, those are the ones who, who find life just a little bit too intense. Joy and release and happiness has a direct relationship with generosity. And just like the Dead Sea, um, if there's no outflow, what happens is stagnation and bitterness. I want to look here at, at uh, Luke chapter 19, the story of the uh, chief tax collector, a little guy by the name of Zacchaeus. 
and just pick out a few things from here that would help us to understand uh, what it is to be generous having had an encounter with Jesus the Bible says that uh, Jesus was on his way uh, passing through Jericho that's chapter 19 verse 1 he's, he's on his way through he's heading towards Jerusalem we know that he's in the last uh, days of his earthly ministry before he goes through the horrific trial and crucifixion and he's passing through and as he's passing through crowds of people are gathering round. The, the word is out that Jesus is coming their way and crowds are gathering around him it says in verse 2 that a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus and he was a, a chief tax, tax collector and he was very wealthy. As a chief tax collector, he would have been receiving resources from other tax collectors. So he, he was doing very, very well. Thank you very much. And the thing about a, a tax collector uh, is that they weren't loved or liked. It may be similar to uh, those who work for uh, the government in that area even today we don't like giving back that which we have earned and uh, it was no different in Jesus's day the thing about it is the Romans would give authority to a tax collector to gather a certain amount but then of course they added their commission on top and as a, a normal tax collector you need to gather what needed to come in as taxes from the person that would also pay you and pay the chief tax collector. So Zacchaeus was an extremely wealthy man and probably not liked in any way, shape or form. The Bible talks about the, the fact that uh, uh, the Pharisees put some form of grading on people and in that grading, they would say that the lowest of the low were tax collectors and sinners. This is how things are described in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 30, that Jesus associated with tax collectors and sinners. He was messing with the worst type of people. So we find that he was a very wealthy man. And verse 3 says that he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because of his short size, he could not see over the crowd. I, I love the way that the, the scripture here, Luke says here, that he, he wanted to see who, who Jesus was. He's heard about Jesus. He's heard the stories, but he wanted to see for himself. What did he look like? He didn't just want to have a, a hearsay encounter. He wanted to have something that was solid, something that was secure, something that would be a foundation maybe for his life in the future. He wanted to see who Jesus was. And God invites each and every one of us to come and see. Come and see who Jesus is. You may have heard about him, but come and have an encounter with him. You may have uh, witnessed things that he's done in the past, but the call all the time is to come and have a personal encounter with him. So that's exactly what Zacchaeus wants to do. It says that he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So it says, verse 4, that he ran on ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. 
So he runs on ahead. I love the intentionality of it, the fact that he's running. He, he's not hanging back in any way. And, and he's making sure I've got to get ahead because I am going to see Jesus. And it reminds me of, of the, uh, the father in the story of, of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. And if we look at Luke 15, it, it says this in verse 17. Talking about the son, he says, when he came to his senses, he says, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him. And he rehearses what he's going to say to him. And then he says this, he says, but whilst he was still a long way off, the father saw him, was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son. And I love the fact that you know, dignity goes out the window, just as with Zacchaeus, a rich man dressed in robes, would have hoiked up those robes and run ahead to get a viewpoint so that he could see Jesus, just like the father whose desire it is to embrace his son, hoiks up and runs down to meet him. Dignity goes out the window when your heart is being drawn to our saviour. And he climbs, it says here that he climbs a sycamore tree. So he climbs up, you know, the, the, you see this, this guy, little guy, dressed in robes, snagged on branches, climbing up, trying to get himself a, a decent view of what is happening. These trees are, are lining the roads into the city and he's up and he's looking out and he's seeking an opportunity to see Jesus for himself. And it says this in verse 5, it says there, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him these words, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Word of knowledge. How did Jesus know Zacchaeus? And how did he know that he would be up a tree and how would he, even though the crowds are gathering around and, and the, there's that uh, uh, intensity of, of people pressing in to see Jesus, yet Jesus takes his eyes off the crowd and looks up into a tree and acknowledges that there is somebody up there that is in need of an encounter. Sometimes God speaks to us. He gives us words he gives us pictures he allows us to see visions and dreams and it is our responsibility to um, care for those and put those things into some form of practice has God highlighted something has God brought to your attention something maybe you're reading the word of God and something just jumps out to you maybe a picture comes to mind or an individual and it's our responsibility to act upon it. It takes courage and bravery, but when we do, we find ourselves partnering with the King of Kings. God leads us and guides us. He gives us directions. And words of knowledge are a, a spiritual gift. I believe that Jesus has a word of knowledge, not only to look up, but to know who this person was, Zacchaeus. God knows your name. It was when Carol and I were at a conference in Leicester back in uh, 2016 and we're coming towards the end of this conference and uh, one of the main speakers there was a guy who, who has words of knowledge and he, he 
uh, names people, names situations and speaks God's word into their lives. And it was at the end of this conference, we're sat there and this guy is uh, finishing his word and he said, I just got so, some personal messages God's given me words for. And then he calls out for the bishops. Are the bishops here? There's 800 odd people in this auditorium. And Carol and I both stand up and this guy shares a word that God had given him. He's over from America, he doesn't know us, we've never met him, but he speaks into our situation, which led us on an amazing journey to even find ourselves where we are right here today. What a funny, what a funny. Is there anybody with the last name and surname Bishop? Is there a Bishop family? The Bishops, hello. Well, that's all I got. He knows your name. I'm just kidding. No, you can say that again. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to know. He acknowledged you. Um, are you guys from this church? Okay, so you're from somewhere else. Where are you from? Sussex. Oh, I like Sussex down there. It's a very quaint area. I, I roam those countrysides down there quite a bit outside that area. But uh uh, I, I felt like God was saying that uh, you are about on the verge of uh, discovering why he put so much gifting in you and he's put a restraint on it for a season, but it's created such a passion and a hunger inside of you guys. Oh, yes, and it reminds me of Malachi in, in verse or chapter 4 where it says they leap like calves at the stalls. Whoa. And God's Whoa. calling you to break out of the stall you have a healing anointing, and you also have a revival, like equipping leaders anointing. And the Lord is going to bring so many people who've been trapped in their stall around you to unlock. And I saw you helping to plant um, the faith to do the greater works in people's lives. Zacchaeus, Jesus says, he knows his name. He says to him, come down immediately. And this is really important because it says that he came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. You see, uh, slow obedience is disobedience. Let me just say that again. Slow obedience is disobedience. That, I'll get round to this at some point in time, is not how God wants us to respond to him. If he's saying, do this, then he knows that this is the best that we can do. Let's get on and do it. Zacchaeus, it says here, says that uh, he responds. Jesus says, come down immediately. Zacchaeus came down straight away. What's God saying to you? What have you been holding back on? What have you been weighing and waiting over that actually time has moved on? There's a call upon your life to, to step into an adventure that God has ready for you but your procrastination in reality is disobedience where is he saying you should go what's he saying you should do we need to go and do we need to respond as God has spoken to us to do he goes on to say in verse 7 all the people saw this and began to mutter 
he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. This muttering, I, I love this, I did a little bit of a study on the muttering, and this is exactly like the children of Israel as they were heading towards the promised land. There was the whinging and the moaning um, that people were, as they came out of Egypt, and they're, they're going around in the wilderness, and there's, there's just this discord and disapproval of everything that's going on that moaning and whinging and we can find ourselves in that place even now you know the 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 situation with covid19 there's so many things that we're restricted from doing there's so much stuff that that um, we used to count as normal and natural that we're not able to do at this moment but we've got to be careful not to find ourselves wallowing in the mire and whinging and moaning. You see, God knows what's going on and he hasn't stopped speaking and he is seeking that he will have a people who would rise above the circumstances. Let's not get buried beneath with the whinging and the moaning. Let's allow joy to come into our lives. Jesus was one who was uh, anointed with the oil of joy. Let us uh, uh, walk as Jesus walked, joyfully, through even the difficulties that, that we're facing at this moment in time. You can gather around with uh, whingers and moaners, and these are all whingers and moaners. Uh, you know, it's Zacchaeus, why are you go to his house? What's all that about? Made no difference. And so often, our whinging and moaning makes absolutely no difference it just makes us sour so rise above allow joy to fill your life we have so much to be thankful for here even today we're saying God we are so thankful to your generosity for us so he's gone to be a guest uh, at the house of a sinner. But it says here, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. And, and this is what is absolutely amazing. And I love the fact that when Jesus comes into our life, he turns our lives upside down. That which was normal and natural um, in the way that we were locked in to our stinginess and our holding on to things, just as Zacchaeus was. Suddenly, with an encounter with Jesus, the lid is lifted and there is a desire to seek an opportunity to pass on a blessing. Those words that we have sung uh, or heard sung over us from Numbers chapter 6 that just talk about the fact that the Lord will bless us, the Lord will keep us, the Lord will turn his light uh, to shine upon us and be gracious to us. All of these things, this is good things that are coming into our lives. But the idea is behind it is that we would not be a pool of stagnation, but that we would be a life-giving releases. That which God has given to us, let us release it. Can we look for opportunities to be generous? 
here Zacchaeus has such an encounter with Jesus that he, he goes beyond the expectations of those who have uh, stolen or, or cheated. You see, it says here that uh, uh, I will give half of my possessions to the poor and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay back four times that amount. The four times amount, when we look in the books of the law in the Old Testament, four times would be that... You would give that amount back if you had been caught and you hadn't confessed to the fact that you had done something wrong. You have to give four times back. But what happens here is that before a single person comes up and says, yeah, Zacchaeus, you've uh, messed up my life in the way that you've dealt with my taxation. Um, before anyone's come to him, he said, you know, I, I'm just going to release this. I'm going to release this back so that I can use what I have amassed to bless others. I'm not holding on. And I love the way that Jesus responds. You see, Jesus then says to him, today salvation has come into his house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost the encounter with Jesus brings about a transformation in our character and personality. If we have been in the time when we would want to hold on to stuff, if that was our normal, natural way of doing things, that we would grab and hold and just in case, you know, waiting for a rainy day, what happens is that we turn around and we say, we do not trust God to be our provider. He knows what we're going through. He knows what our needs are. And part of individuals' needs being met is when God's people release some of the resources that he has given to them into the lives of others so that they can be a blessing. Zacchaeus encounters God and the thing about it is the sign that he was converted, the sign that he has had an encounter with the living God is the fact that the first thing that he does is realign the way that he sees finances. And in realigning that, he becomes a generous giver. God had changed him. I, I'm, I'm mindful of um, the founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth, and uh, this was one of his prayers. And, and it says this, it says, Lord, I give you everything there is in this man. It is as simple as that, just as Zacchaeus responds to an encounter with Jesus and starts to release his resources back to be shared with people, mindful of, of the call on each and every one of us is to be a, a, a living sacrifice. We give ourselves back. And part of our giving back is to release the resources that God has given to us onto others. And, and I love the way that church here is, is uh, seeking to be generous to the community. We, we gather resources and then we distribute. Every Wednesday here, we're distributing food to this community. But there's the ongoing ministry that, that happens here that calls upon the resources of the membership. 
And for every person who's associated with this church, the, the call is that we would put a priority on uh, bringing our tithes, our offerings, our, our gifts to the church. And many do, which is fantastic through the banking system. But for some, they've not stepped in to the joy of giving and allowed God to be their provider, to, to meet their ongoing needs. I've used this many times in the past, but if you've never given, then start giving. Irrelevant of the amount, if you've got to get into the habit of giving, then start giving. And once you're into the habit of giving, then I would say that the next step is that uh, you start to give a little bit more. And as you give more and see how God opens uh, his resources towards you, then you may step into uh, the Old Testament uh, directive of, of tithing, taking 10% of, of what comes into your household and, and giving that back to the Lord. And for those who are already in that place of uh, generosity, of, of tithing, that's actually meant to be the base level we're meant to give more so when you're there then look for opportunities to exceed the tithe if you've never given start giving if you're giving start to give some more if you uh, have been giving more then look at your income and start to tithe take 10 percent and give that back to the lord and if you're already at that place then maybe look for opportunities to give even more because as we have found here, the encounter that Zacchaeus had was an encounter that brought him into a relationship with his Saviour. And that relationship with his Saviour resulted in a transformation in the way that he lives his life. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you that you are always seeking to save. We thank you for this uh, message from Luke 19 of the transformation that you bring into individuals' lives who have a fresh, vibrant encounter with you. We pray, Father, that you would release us from stagnation or staleness in any way, shape or form, that we too will be fresh and vibrant as we witness to you. And may part of our witness be mirroring your generosity towards us by allowing us to be generous to others in your precious name. Amen. Amen.